The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the ZWC. This is the second episode in the Philadelphia Sustainable Brands New Metrics Conference series that happened in November 2019. So shout out to Sustainable Brands for putting on that event. And to the staff at Remark Glass, it was really cool to tour around the studio in the converted high school that they operate in. It's called the Bach Building, and there are some really, really cool businesses in there in Philadelphia. So the founder of Remark Glass sat down with me at the conference. So here's our conversation all about glass. I'm Rebecca Davies from Remark Glass. We're down in South Philadelphia. Awesome. So that's like right downtown, pretty much? Pretty much, yeah. We're, the business is located in an old high school. It's about two miles south of Center City, and it is one of the biggest buildings down there. So we're able to interact with kind of its own little environment. Awesome. And so you do something very special with your glass shop. So you have a zero-waste Certification, which is very exciting. Yeah. The city of Philadelphia has a zero waste and litter cabinet that's appointed by the mayor. Our business is certified by the zero waste and litter cabinet as zero waste. We are a gold partner, um, which effectively means we have 90% waste reduction to landfill. Um, I think there's another one for platinum. We'll see about that So is that like you measured your waste and we're like, this is how much waste we have, and then... You changed it by reducing it 90%? Like, how do you get the reduction? Yeah. So if everything that came through the business went into a landfill, that would be 100%. Yeah. So the baseline is is that. Um, What we've done is average monthly is about 97%. So 3% of the material that comes through the studio ends up being landfill waste. Wow. Um, And it is offset by the fact that we work from completely recyclable materials. So we're bringing in waste material to work from. And then as we work there, there's a a small part of the glass that that we're not using. Um, We're starting to kind of find different ways to use it, but some of it still, still by weight counts against us. So it's, it's all done by weight. It's a completely independent system. And the goal is to encourage local businesses to take recycling more seriously, to find other alternatives besides putting things in landfills. So if you have furniture in your space that you don't need you should be bringing it to a secondhand store if you're using something that's single use you should think about how to make an alternative to that in your for you for your business for your staff if there you know if you have like we had water um, coolers in the hallway um, we removed the plastic cups that the building was provided and set out reusable cups and then started washing them yeah practices like that that's a big key, I think, to zero waste is just washing your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago in our lifetimes that like bottled water became exist, a really. thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, and, and I remember my mother being like, "Why would they do that? They're selling <laughs> bottled water. That's such a ripoff." Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And then, and to kind of go from there to like. Every time I'm out and traveling, I need to be carrying a bottle of water, right? Yeah. And, to, and then walk it back to, like, 
yes, I do need to drink water, but do I need to buy it? And how can I avoid doing that? We're a glass business. We are in production. We're glass blowers. So that involves some pieces of equipment at 2000 degrees every day. Um, Some kind of like where it's like active hands-on while everything is hot. We're definitely a sustainable glass studio and we've kind of come to realize that we might be one of the leaders in that field, um, surprisingly to us, because we just kind of took some steps to to make this work. But we are locally sourced, energy efficient, and certified zero waste. So you need 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit? Correct. To make glass? To make glass, yeah. So how do you get something that hot? We have, so traditionally glass, glass blowing would be chemical glass, Um, which arrives in the studio on pallets as kind of like a white powder. Um, So like a virgin glass. And you would put it into something called a furnace and then bring that furnace up with all that material to 2,000 degrees. Are you normally using like gas or something? Yeah. So the, the biggest differentiator between us and a typical glass studio is that once those studios send their furnaces up, they're at 2,000 degrees 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and they cannot turn them off. Oh, so that seems like a huge waste. It is. Because you yeah, only work you're eight only eight working hours a day. Exactly. Yeah, staff might be in eight, 10 hours a day. is pretty normal in a glass studio to do a 10-hour day. Is it? Yeah. Um, still, but there's a still lot. a lot of, of waste. And then there's charging time also. So you need to put more material in and get it to that temperature. And when we started the business, our main goal was to be independent. So we wanted a, a company that we owned – outright myself and and my team and in order to do that we we just could not afford to light up like that yeah so we needed to find a solution right yeah so what we do is collect glass from local bars and restaurants all post-consumer glass bottles we put them into an electric kiln in the morning we send that one up to about a thousand degrees and then we pick those bottles up one at a time and then just spot heat them at 2,000 degrees. Um, so we still look like a traditional glass blowing studio. The tools look like traditional glass blowing. Um, but the day-to-day is not using anywhere near as much energy to do it. So we're essentially taking one champagne bottle, beer bottle, wine bottle at a time, and then reforming it into a bowl. Our, mo- our best-selling products are... Dire- directly to people giving gifts, um, typically. So it would be people's champagne bottles from their wedding night. They'll send them to us. We'll take one bottle at a time and make those champagne bottles into bowls or wow. pendant lights. Um, so they have the recognizable characteristics. They still have the same color. They still have the imprint at the bottom of the bottle is still intact. And then we'll reform the glass completely, but it has enough to trigger the memory and it's, it's reformed to become, like we say, we take single-use containers and make them into things that you can use every day. Mm-hmm. So can you use a glass bowl every day? Yeah. Is it practical to use that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. dishwasher safe, washable. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. very thick glass? Yeah. it's a champagne bottle. Yeah. Very cool. I've never thought of having a glass yeah. bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I want or, one now. <laughs> or dinner, like, like glassware. We make a lot of glassware, pennant lights, you know, decor. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, those are, yes, those so, are very big right now. Yeah, like imagine. Like hanging mm-hmm. cups almost. Exactly. With a light bulb in yep. it. Because of the way we make things, just exactly, it's it's kind of completely unique to us uh, um, to do that work. So if there's an imprint in the glass, if there's texture to it, 
if you're a liquor company or somebody like that, even a body products company, a lot of our kind of more brand to brand clients are, are products companies. So they'll say, can you take our bottles out of this, like close our loop, take the bottles that we have as customer waste and then make those bottles into something else. For example, there is a body products company that works in the same building that we do. They'll take containers from their customers, receive them back. I think they send their customers a discount code um, for sending their containers back. We take those glass containers and then make them into face mask bowls. So they make face masks and serums and things like that. And then we just add that element to their packages where now you can mix your face mask into a bowl that got made out of the same product container, essentially. So we're trying to help companies close their loop. Um, And whether we can do it on a massive scale is is yet to be seen. But on on a small scale, you know, we're talking about several hundred or several thousand of the same product and that is is perfectly doable to us so so why aren't these companies using the bottles over and over again yeah like why do they want it made into something else more so than just get it back and refill it yeah. like, is that like a hard challenge for them or something honestly it baffles me a little bit in countries like mexico bottles tend to be refilled um so it's like your soda bottles your beer bottles they're gonna get sent back through I think the standards are pretty high here um, for what clean means before you put your product in there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's really the biggest thing that I have to say is like, remember that when you're thinking about packaging, glass and plastic are two completely different things. Um, beyond that, like glass has some really strong qualities that I, I hope that people keep in mind. One, glass is inert. So as you drink out of it and put it back into the environment, it's not poisoning anything else. You're not getting BPA, like endocrine disruption happening. Right. Like it's basically sand. It's not hurting anything. Um, So if you, if you do get the the opportunity to choose and you're looking at two different products, one's in glass and one's in plastic, choose the glass. I mean, besides Mm -hmm. that, so it is inert. It's completely reusable um, because your wine bottle is out of wine. It is not a single use container. I don't see any reason why society doesn't take that seriously. I, it just doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it doesn't seem – it seems weird that you would want to buy new wine bottles when you could just – you have them for free to use, Correct. right? And we have a, a company that makes, like, sauerkraut and, like, kombucha and stuff in my area. And yeah. Like, there's another company that makes soda pop. So I'm just like, yeah. why are you paying for new bottles when you could exactly. just – Return those. However, though, I've seen people put, like, cigarette butts yeah. in bottles – or like maybe get it all. Yeah. They'd get mold. Yeah. Do you see that so, stuff? Oh yeah. We get, so we have, we, we interact with, with brands on a lot of different levels. I, I love to do business locally in Philadelphia. So we make packaging for a body products company by taking a brand of beer that's really popular in South Philadelphia, um, Modelo. And we take those bottles and then cut them and then she corks them and, and uses her body products. But I, I chose Modelo because it's always on the streets. So I can find it every single week. A lot of people drink it. I mean, roughly estimating, I would say, well, one in 200 has cigarette butts. Like if we keep them around too long, no, it's not as bad. Like that's like fresh recycling on the curb, ready for pickup. Mm -hmm. If we store them for too long, it gets moldy in our shop. We're not really that concerned with it. This week I found chicken bones. Somebody put a whole (laughs) bottle full of chicken bones. I don't understand it, but we dealt with it. We use the glass anyway. Like we've even done things like, just kind of, just to see if we could. Um, for example, there's a brand called United by Blue in Philadelphia. Yeah. They do, for every product sold, they take a pound of litter out of waterways. 
Um, and we did a project with them, and, and we may continue to, to do the project eventually, that we took the glass that they pulled out of the rivers, the local rivers, and actually used that glass anyway. Wow. Um, like cleaned it back to the point where we could use it anyway. So you can still use glass that's been like on the bottom of a river for like yeah. years? Yeah. Like and it's all gross and stuff? Yeah, we scrubbed it off. Because plastic you kind of can't because yeah. plastic is so degraded. Yeah. Right? I mean, so besides being glass, the material, besides being inert and reusable, it's recyclable. Like recyclable, not downcyclable. Recyclable. Upcyclable. Um, I but think it, there's a lot breakable, of... breakable, which is a problem, yeah. right? For the reusability? For reusability, sure. So it's like, yes, if when that bottle breaks, ideally you would melt it back down with bottles just like it and make more bottles out of that glass. There's like nothing wrong the with the glass. Color. It's not like plastic. Yeah. Like glass does not have to be downcycled. You can take glass in any condition, basically, clean it, and then put it back in the furnace and you will get glass back. How do you so, clean it? Wouldn't the heat just soap clean? Soap and water, my friend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you have, like, tanks or something that you just have put them in? people. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we take them. We leave them. I mean, it's it's not that – it's not a trade secret. Like, we take all the glass right off the streets or from the restaurants. We soak it underwater overnight, and then we come in and scrape the labels off with razor blades, scrape it with scrub it with Dawn soap and water, and then it's ready. Shout out to Dawn Soap. Yeah. Thanks, Dawn. Yeah. My mom would say, like, give me the real soap. <laughs> like, I need a degreaser for this. So it's like, but we're just breaking through those, you know, the labels and the and the adhesives. And we've definitely found, I mean, I have favorite brands for sure um, in terms of how easy they are to clean or how sticky the labels are and things like that. And those product companies have a lot of reasons for doing that. But ultimately, I think at the beginning of this project, we, we thought this will be... This will be easy. There's only several, like, it's recycled glass. There's only a couple types of glass bottles. There's clear and green wine. There's this and that. And it's like, we have found exactly the opposite. There is an infinite number of molds used to make bottles that products are all bottled in. So even within one brand, we find there's a different tint of the olive color of the bottle. There's a different imprint. There's a different shape. Um, we've literally never found two brands that are like, ah, it's the same exact bottle. Oh my um, gosh. It's so crazy. Yeah. So what if there was like a standard in the bottling industry where it's like, you know, here's five different standards of bottles. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. And then that way people like you can just totally make glass entirely zero waste because there's things to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would have been very common. Like remember back to like milk jugs, right? Like they're the all sort man. of the same, the milkman, like maybe you print your label on them. Maybe mm. they're just clear. And I see some reemergence of that going on in the U.S. It is actually the beer makers themselves saying that glass and packaging were one of their biggest impacts in terms of sustainability. And yeah. they really wanted to see this loop closed. They don't see them as single-use containers. So it's a bunch of brewers that got together, including like Bell's Two Hearted, to say, we're going to make a bottle that's higher quality and we're going to collect them back from our consumers ourselves. We're going to wash them. We're going to put more beer in there. Do you guys call them growlers in Philadelphia? Exactly. Okay, yeah. 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 They seem to call them growlers. Growlers. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's like, and it doesn't matter. Like you can go to the wrong bar with the wrong, like you you have a growler with somebody else's label on it and you just want to get it filled. And it's like everyone will take that, right? So it makes perfect sense. Like it's not, the it material is being misused almost to an extreme that, you know, I hope that we can come back for it. Like companies like mine, I like we're we're artisans, we're makers, we're taking these pieces of glass, we're making them into completely new products. We make dinnerware and decor and 
I think there's there's plenty of room for that. But like what really breaks my heart in all of this is that it doesn't make sense. Like it, this is not waste. Like there's nothing. I mean, glass for somewhere like a big city um, like Philadelphia, it's being collected in single use in single stream recycling. It is being crushed to smithereens immediately in those trucks and compacted. At that point, it's being separated. Anything that's small, they'll assume is glass. They'll send that all out to get cleaned. Then it'll come back in um, to become usually part of concrete. So that's a, really? that's downcycling something that's 100% recyclable um, for no reason other than the fact that they don't know how to make money doing it. Recycling is a business. and I didn't know you could put glass, glass and concrete. concrete or asphalt. Um, it's, yeah. it's replacing virgin sand. So it, it has some properties in that concrete that are that are maybe a step in the right direction but ultimately like why would you take a material that's a hundred percent recyclable you can melt glass over and over and over again and it doesn't lose its chemical properties so it, it, it is very very unlike plastic you don't have to make pellets you don't have to break it into small pieces you don't have to do any of that you so can just melt it again i could like break a beer bottle on my floor and yes. like sweep it up into a dustbin yeah. and be like can you melt this into something? And yeah. you could just like make beautiful artwork. Right. It. Yeah. We wow. would say like, yes, it, it, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that glass. Like it, there's something wrong with the wow. bottle. It's not going to hold liquid anymore. That's so you can remake yeah. it. Into. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Like to me, it's, it's like, this is a huge common sense problem. I think there's a lot of confusion about materials right now. And, and then I guess yeah. I would just say like, it's really important to remember that as your mini- municipalities start to talk about handling waste, first of all, listen, like if they if they start to need us to separate things, it's really okay. Like put your aluminum in a different bin than you put your cardboard in. It's yeah, okay. Like they're completely different things. Yeah. Um, if they can't do that much labor and society needs to start to take a major role in that, it's totally common all over the world. And it's all us that are paying for it in North yeah. America, like through our tax dollars. So, you know, yeah. if you want to keep paying more and more taxes, yeah. like just keep not separating. Exactly. You know, I think – Irresponsible recycling is definitely something that's coming kind of top of mind these days. And, and glass is, is more or less not involved. I mean, like they don't need you to clean something back to chemically clean in order to make it recyclable, but they do need you to consider whether it's completely contaminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, again, like the best thing about glass, like society has always relied on glass for thousands of years. Yes. Right? Yeah, several thousand years we've been making glass and then today there's a there's a really strong argument you would not make it a single day without glass in your life. Um, you can't drive a car without it, you can't use your phone oh, without yeah, it. Yeah. You can't Yeah, it was like it's been transporting liquids really successfully for a really long time. It's been easy to make more or less by craftspeople just like me. And by bigger businesses in terms of packaging for a very long time, and we're misusing it to an extreme. And I guess my fear is that there's so much attention being paid to plastics and making plastics more recyclable. Yeah, recyclable, downcyclable, any usable, you know, just like cheaper, any of those things that like the attention's completely pulled away from glass. And glass is one of those materials that it like, it hits the same places as like it, it's it's a renewable resource. I mean, like there is there's certainly a lot to say about sand on this earth and what sand is being used for, how sand gets used, how it gets moved, what happens to it. Glass is essentially made from sand. But if we stopped making glass today, virgin glass, 
we could still use all of this glass. We could still make glass for a very long time. I mean, wow. there's nothing like there must we, be so much in landfill. There's so much in landfill. In fact, they so use much. it to make a barrier when they're covering the landfill for the I last think I've time. Heard of that. Yeah, they they put glass on top to to put some barrier between that material, the landfill material, and, and like the, the earth. dirt. And yeah. Stuff. You know, so it's like, and and to me, I'm like, that is a completely viable material. I mean, typically, like, I think people have it in their minds that glass is going to be recycled in the way that you take all the glass and then you melt it back down and then you make more bottles out of it. And ideally, that's totally possible. Practically speaking, almost all municipalities only recycle clear. So colored glass is almost it, – it gets thrown in as waste often. And, and oh, really? in a studio like mine, like, we just melt it together. Like, I melt a green pot and an olive pot and a gold pot and a blue pot um, if we want to do that kind of melting. But, yeah, like, on the bigger scale, it's like they're, they're usually separating out clear if they're melting it at all. And it, it's just, like, kind of a tragedy, I think, of, of the material to see that, like, there is absolutely no reason that every time you open a beer or a glass of wine, you should be using raw – minerals virgin raw minerals and then putting them back into a landfill so i make my own beer and wine at home and it's for that reason so i have some nice flip top correct yes so that i don't have to waste the corks or the caps perfect and i just keep using them over and over and i love them so much and And it's a perfect system right it's a perfect system there's nothing wrong with it you wash them i don't have to drive them into town to the beer store to return them you know where they're going to be like washed and probably high heat and stuff you know what i've been wondering this whole time though how did you get the chicken wings? How did you get the chicken bones out of the bottles? <laughs> Very carefully. Did you just break it and were like, I can't do no, this? No, I pick them out. Shook it. They came out one at a time. It was a little gruesome. Yeah, like I, I yeah, I, I have like, some lot. Like there's some limits. I've seen some bottles that I didn't, I didn't go there. The chicken bones spent at least one full day in the trash can. Like, I first I saw it, I was like, I've seen everything, right? Like, I've seen bottles full of cockroaches. I've seen bottles really? full of river gross. Cockroaches? Totally. Are you um, worried about your own building getting cockroaches? The building already has cockroaches. It's an old building. Is this like New York City? Yeah, yeah. totally. All the um, yeah. So it's like, but this one, I was like, ugh, chicken wings. So I, like, throw it in the trash can immediately. I'm just like, no, this isn't recyclable either because it's contaminated. So I put it in the trash can. Then my business partner comes in and he's like, why did you put that in the trash? Like, that's still a piece of glass. I'm like, oh, like, I just, like, there, there's limits to the amount of cleaning I'm, I'm willing to do to get one product out. So, like, we both are like, okay, it's fine. The next day, the sta- a staff member comes in and pulls it out of the trash can. <laughs> so then, like, we close for the day. This thing is still sitting on the counter with chicken bones in it. And I just, like, stand there and shake it vigorously until they all come out. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. Like, we've, we've, we've seen it all. My, the worst, my least favorite have chewing tobacco in them. Oh, yeah. Chewing tobacco is very it's gross. It's really gross. Yeah. I actually drank a bottle of that once on a road gross. trip. My friend was dipping and spitting. We were driving from Ottawa to Ugh. the Northwest Territories, which is a very, very long drive. It's yeah. like four days. And our bottles were the same, our yeah. water bottles. And so I was very tired in driving. Oh, I reached behind gross. me, took a swig, and it was his yes. bottle. And I will never, ever forget how gross that was. Yeah. Why would you put that in your mouth? Sorry. It was totally to anyone out there who has <laughs> terrible habits. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've tried to, to do that a little bit before, and it's yeah. very, I don't I don't like it very much. Uh, but so my area uses it for sandblasting. So they don't like to recycle glass mm-hmm. because they're really worried. It's Canada, so we're very worried about our people and yeah. that they might get cut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sandblasting is viable, too. I mean. But I think you could only sandblast 
once um, or like it's a, it, that it reciprocates um you the, can like the blasting material and... i guess like my okay so if anything you can use that same blasting material probably a few times i think it would it would get a little smaller so you just kind of go down in your grit sizes as you sandblast and then even then i bet that's still viable material for for concrete or other kind of construction really? um aggregates know. yeah i but i'd still say like you're downcycling something that can be recycled. Yes. Like, I, I guess I call it, like, real recycling or, or, or true recycling. Where, like, downcycling is when you take a material and it's still going to get used for something, but it's never going to be better than what it was. Like, you, every time you use a plastic water bottle, you know, for example, like, it's never going to be a water bottle again. It might get downcycled into textiles. It might get downcycled into plastic pellets. But it's not It's not so clean. Like, glass, it, it, is, it is what it sounds like. Like, it... It's it's not going to make the most beautiful customer-friendly glass ever, but if you took all of that sandblasting aggregate and melted it back down, you could make bottles out of it. So And, and maybe a darker bottle if it's, like, yeah. not the most beautiful Yeah, exactly. Glass. Like, the color is getting screened out from most municipalities for aesthetic reasons only, for ease of use, for ease of industry. Well, um, that happens in plastic, too. Like, yeah. clear plastic is usually more valuable than yep. different colors, and it gets mixed up. And then black is the worst, and nobody wants yep. black nobody plastic. Nobody wants any black. Yep. Totally yeah. the same thing. So it's yeah. like we have, like, brown beer bottles, mm-hmm. poor brown beer bottles. There's there's a reason for the tints in those glasses. Like, it, it helps your shelf life of your product. Hmm. Um, but, but beer glasses, is this true that there's a notch on the bottom or something? Because I was told in high school that if you look, huh. not that I would ever drink a beer. And, uh, <laughs> and that's why, but there were, like dots or something on the bottom that like indicated how many times it was huh. used or something um, i don't know if that was true i think it was like I a have, sale so or something. i have reason to believe i i have a friend in canada our tech is a glass company that i know in canada and he does really similar work so he's taking one beer bottle at a time reheating them reforming them and making drinkware um glassware and I'm not the primary source on it, but I have reason to believe that in Canada they actually are being reciprocated through the system. So they may be refilled there. They're refilled yeah. in Mexico. I I so don't know a, the answer, but here they're completely single use. We have a beer store in Ontario. So I was on the West Coast for a very long time, and yeah. it's all just like you can privately own a beer store. Then I moved back to Ontario, and I felt like I was in a communist country or something okay. because you have to wait in this long lineup, and then you get to the cash register and you say, hey, I would like a – 24 pack of beer yeah. and then they have to like go in the back and bring it out and they put huh. it down this conveyor belt so it's very weird it's yeah. like standing in the bread line for yeah. your beer i just thought it was very awkward i think there's something really similar yeah but you bring your beer back back yes and so, so i think that they are sanitizing them and i think they are refilling too. Them. i like i which I'm i here but i i have some reason to believe that that's true he told me so our tech um told me that he goes and buys or like gets i don't think he buys them i think he gets his recycled glass bottles by taking the ones that they're just too degraded to refill. So yeah. he's going from the very, very, very bottom of the supply chain and then taking one bottle at a time and making one drinking glass at a time out of it. So I was told that the milk, because I, I buy mm-hmm. milk for my son in glass bottles too, mm-hmm. and I was told that they would last about 10 times or something. Yeah. So you get lots of reuses, but eventually yeah. they would you know, degrade. Sense. So I guess the, the thing with glass is like, reuse it yeah so like what companies i think personally companies should be taking them back so if you Absolutely. offer a product in glass why not take that back and then take you don't back. have to buy yeah. new glass like it would cut your your yeah. costs down of your businesses right it's even bigger than that on an economic perspective like we worked with a case study a kombucha maker in our building so right down the hall from us inspired brews she's a philadelphia brand 
to take back. So she already had a bottle deposit on her bottles for this reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and her staff was kind of cleaning them individually and re-sanitizing them and refilling them. We took the, we took the job knowing that we were just more efficient at cleaning glass. Um, and we're, and we're right down the hall. So the truck was coming to our building anyway. So we ran a pilot to say, drop off everything that you get that's empty. We'll try to clean it and get it back out on your shelves. The reason is that when you look at your business economics, so it's it's COGS, right? Like it's a cost of goods sold. It is a part of the product that you sell to every customer. As opposed to something like kegs, if you're a beer maker and you're selling to bars, the business owns the kegs. They're selling the beer, not the actual keg. The bar gives the keg back. That's an asset. So it's a huge difference in terms of economics. If you can move your COGS into your assets, that's making your company more valuable. So if you, if you know that you're using 60%, 70% reused glass in order to bottle your products, it's actually enormously beneficial on an economic level. So it, it makes your company more bankable. It makes it more valuable. It gives you more shares in your – like it, it is a completely like valid thing to do for economic reasons besides just being the right thing to do for material reasons mm-hmm. um, and also because it makes sense, right? But yes, so it's like maybe those 10 times. So it's like – but you've avoided essentially – that cost of goods on that product 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like kegs aren't infinite either. Why wouldn't everyone do that? I think it's just a lot of moving parts. I mean, beer in particular in this country gets, the best argument I've ever heard was it gets distributed too many ways. So like in some states, although Pennsylvania is kind of strange, um, like in some states you can buy beer at a gas station, at a grocery store, at a bar. At so you got yeah, trucks going to all these different places. To collect the empties. But they're going there to deliver them. That's my point. But yes. logistics is always hard. We come it's across hard. this a lot. Yeah. So it's like you're moving a lot of weight. Glass is heavy. You know, so it's like on some level, like, but on some level, like if you sit down at a bar and you drink a beer, someone's going to move that empty. Whether it's the city yeah. and the sanitation department or the same or the company going to collect truck. it. or Yes, yeah. somebody's <laughs> moving it. So it's going away from there. There's a lot of potential here yeah. in glass. Well, I think we're out of time, but I just wanted to ask one more question. So to heat the glass, you are using like French fry grease and stuff, right? You've, we're about to be. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we yeah. are so excited to say that we will be fuel. powering by fry later oil. Um, Which is also in, in your own building, so you don't yep. even need to go down the street or a truck or anything. Yep. So very cool. So we'll have to watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, so what is your website? If you want Remark to- Glass. So we're, we're Remark Glass. Um, RemarkGlass.com is our website, and the handle for Instagram or Twitter is, is at Remark Glass. Awesome. That's Rebecca Davies from Remark Glass here in Philadelphia. Uh, it was very nice to sit down with you. Thank you. Thank you. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. 